Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. So in our last episode, we examined historically using outside sources from Scripture uh, to see what they say about the person of Jesus. And we see they paint the exact picture uh, that Scripture paints, all the way from the fact that Jesus was a real person who lived at a specific time and place to the fact that he did wonderful, miraculous works, to the fact that he was crucified, that he rose from the dead, that his followers uh, died or were persecuted for their faith, that this great superstition uh, spread, meaning Christianity spread. And so I pray that episode, I know it's a little different, but I pray that it'll be a help to you as you encounter people uh, that are maybe looking for more evidence or, or looking for something outside of Scripture. And I, I, I'm very careful when I say that. We don't sidestep Scripture. Nothing is better than Scripture, but when someone doesn't already believe the Bible, we don't have a lot that we can use um, outside of you know trying to, if you quote-unquote, infect them with Scripture, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we always want to try to get Scripture to them and quote Scripture. But if we can use a tool that will help remove a mental blocker or something that's causing doubt, then we should use that to bring that person to faith. And that's what our episode last week was about. So we've been examining the resurrection, seeing the importance of it. It happened to fall right around Easter. We just celebrated uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, Many people had big services, big worship services. And so as we think about what exactly transpired on the cross, we have a student that we're working with, and they're having a hard time uh, understanding, okay, I understand Jesus lived. like he, Historically, yes. Historically, he died, he was crucified, and he even rose from the dead, but I just can't wrap my mind around how he can take away our sin, uh, what that even means, like what does it mean he's our Savior, like not understanding the full spiritual side or really the transaction, if you will, that occurred there on the cross. And so I just want to spend this episode to examine like what exactly happened on the cross. We have one verse we'll read here, and it really just unpacks or really just, I'm sorry, summarizes uh, what happened on the cross, and we'll try to unpack it a little bit. As we go through, but 2 Corinthians 5 21, it says this for he, speaking of Jesus, hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, this is kind of summarizing, if you will, uh, what happened on the cross. So we learn that Jesus became sin for us. Uh, why did that have to happen? Well, we understand we're all sinners. You know, Jesus lived a sinless life. Now, that sets him apart from anybody else, right? Nobody that I know is sinless. And, I, and we always joke, and I think about it, man, what was it like to be Jesus's parents, to have him as the first child, sinless, and then to have the other kids to come in full of sin? I mean, how do you compare Jesus with them? And how do they feel knowing that their brother uh, was sinless? He's perfect. And we understand that James, one of his brothers, didn't believe uh, until later on. And so we joke about that. But when we think about Jesus being sinless, what I'm trying to say is that is unique to to only him. Nobody else has lived a sinless life. Why is that? Because sin is such a normal part of our life. 
Wow, we experience our faults and failures personally every single day. I don't know about you, but I don't live a day where I know I've not done something wrong or fallen short or sinned against God. And also we expect to encounter sin from others. Why? Because we know sin is a natural part of life. We expect to run into dishonesty. We expect to lock our doors because someone may try to break in. We lock our cars because someone may try to steal it or our possessions inside. We understand people may try to uh, overcome us for a job promotion or undercut us for a bid on a job, whatever it is. We understand we're going to encounter greed, self-centeredness, lust, anger, hatred, division. I mean, just look at our country right now, and we understand sin is a normal part of of our life, but Jesus lived this perfect life without ever sinning. Uh, he was tempted in all points, just like you and I are, yet without sin. Hebrews four fifteen tells us. And so, in order to become sin for someone else, Jesus could not have had any sin of his own. And since he had no sin of his own, he could become sin for us. And that's what our passage is teaching us. What happened there on the cross? Well, we have to build the foundation that Jesus lived a sinless life, and as a result, he became sin for us. You see, there on the cross, this transaction occurred between God the Son and God the Father. We see Jesus crying out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What is going on at that moment? As Jesus is hanging there on the cross, we understand uh, sinless, he was put there unjustly, he's beaten unjustly. Pilate even said, look, I find no fault in him. So he's put there unjustly, he's hanging on the cross, and the Bible says he gave up the ghost. Right before that, God, uh, Jesus cried out and said, why hast thou forsaken me? What's going on there? You've got God the Father turning his back on God the Son. God the Son in his deity being God, but in his humanity being Jesus. And there as he bore our sin, as he took every single sin that you have ever committed and ever will commit, roll all the sins of the world into a ball and let him digest them, place them on him. Bear every single sin of the world right there in the face of God. God and his holy righteousness had to turn away. Why? Because Jesus Christ became sin for us. And the verse says, who knew no sin. And the result of that is that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's nothing you and I can do. Nothing we can do to make ourselves righteous. You see, our sin produces death, both physical and spiritual. Our relationship with God is broken. Sin separates us from God. And God is holy and God is just and he must judge sin. He cannot look away or wink at it or rub it uh, or sweep it under the rug. It must be dealt with. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ produced eternal life. Why? Because he became sin for us. He paid your sin debt, the debt that you could never pay. There's not enough good you could do. You can't go down to the soup kitchen, kitchen enough. You can't give enough money to the church. You can't serve enough. You can't do anything. And neither can I. Why? Because John chapter 3, verse 18 teaches us, if we've not believed on Jesus, we're condemned. And watch this, already. When we're born in this world, we're already condemned. We've been found guilty, and we're waiting for the final uh, consequences. It's just like the person on death row that are waiting for the electric chair. 
They're waiting there for that final punishment to occur. They're condemned already. And that's how you and I find ourselves. But you cannot make yourself righteous. And when I say righteous, I mean without sin. Not enough good you can do. There's not enough good you can do to outweigh your bad. There's not enough good you can do to put you in some place or in some good state after death. It's not karma. It's not works. It's not anything else. You see, Jesus lived a sinless life. And as a result, he was able to become sin for us. And there on the cross, this judicial transaction occurred to where Jesus became sin. It's kind of hard for us to wrap our mind around him, but it's theological, it's teaching, it's biblical. He became sin, the Bible says, for us. There on the cross, what happened? He bore our sin. God turned his back. And in his death, he paid that payment. We understand he went and led captivity captive. And we understand through his resurrection, he offers us eternal life. Now, Jesus had just died and never been resurrected. There had been nothing different. But because of his resurrection, he offers you and I and the world the free gift of eternal life. You see, Jesus' resurrection from the dead gave him the power over death and allowed him to be the giver of eternal life. Because of what happened at the cross, eternal life is only through Jesus Christ. So many times people say this, well, all religions will lead to God. You just have to to pick one and roll with it. They'll all get you there in the end. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus made some very uh, exclusive claims. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't get any clearer than that passage. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. So very clearly, Jesus said, there's no other way. It's just through me. But people would say, well, no, all religions will get us there. Not according to what happened on the cross. Because of what happened on the cross, there is no other way. You see, all religions cannot be equal. Either all religions are wrong or only one is right. Think about that just for a moment because they all teach contrary teachings about how you are to get to God or get to the afterlife or get to heaven. So there's no way they can all be right because they teach contradictory teachings. So they all have to be wrong or one of them has to be right. And based on our episode from last week, we built the historical uh, foundation of Jesus from outside sources, which confirmed the inside source of the Bible. And we understand the most reasonable conclusion is that Jesus Christ is a historical figure, just as the Bible claims. And since he is, and he follows, and outside sources depict him as uh, similar or not similar, the same as what Scripture says, we understand Scripture is true. And so Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. What happened on the cross? Jesus became sin for us. What happened on the cross? Jesus gives us eternal life. What happened on the cross? He allowed you and I to be made the righteousness of God in him. You and I have no righteousness of our own, but as we stand before God, we stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, what does he see? He doesn't see our sin. He looks at us judicially and he sees Jesus Christ. 
He sees the payment that's been paid. He sees your sin debt has been erased. He sees you as righteous. That is your standing before God. Don't let Satan beat you down. We need to repent of sin. We need to feel guilty for our sin. But we must remember we stand righteous before God in the work of Jesus Christ. Now, on our next episode, we're going to look at one of my most favorite truths that come out of the resurrection. And that is the fact that Jesus Christ is our advocate. And so we're going to examine what that means for us, practically speaking, on our next episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.